pandemic got us into a reflective space and made us look inward to see what we can do for the world at large. As a self-expression coach, I became a catalyst for women and started Vani, a one-on-one -on -one coaching program for women on finding their voice, to speak up, to be visible. As a storyteller, I spotted there were many ordinary people amongst us leading extraordinary lives, making a difference to the world, and they needed to be heard. Thus was born You and I with Rashmi Shetty, where amazing personal journeys with their uniqueness and individuality are showcased. A reaffirmation of the fact, open your eyes wider, the world is far more beautiful when we acknowledge the presence of both you and I. Our guest today is Prarthana Pratik Kaul, the co-founder of Gift Abled, an award-winning social enterprise that strives to create an ecosystem of like-minded individuals to collectively build an inclusive society. Gift Abled has supported the livelihood of thousands of people with disability and the underprivileged across India through supply chain diversity and other projects. She's a cost marketeer, motivational trainer, known for her high-energy keynotes and has engaged with 15,000-plus volunteers and hundreds of non-profits across the country on various costs. Additionally, she has been invited by reputed national institutes to address their students. Her efforts and contributions towards the empowerment of people with disabilities have won her various awards and accolades, including Social Entrepreneur of the Year by Nama Bengaluru Foundation, Community Service Award by Rotary Bangalore Centennial, and the top three social enterprise in the country by IIM Calcutta Innovation Park as part of the Tata Social Enterprise Challenge. Prathana has also served as a board member of non-profit entities and was a life skills trainer for students. Listen in as Prathana joyfully shares some inspirational moments of this magical journey she is on. Her formula to stay high constantly, write love letters to yourself. Pratna, such an amazing time I know for sure I'm going to have just looking at the smile on your face and the joy that you exude. <laughs> Welcome to you and I with Rashmi Shetty. Thanks Rashmi. <laughs> I have heard so much about you from our friend Rajdeep and I, when I went through your website I was like stunned what all do you do. But before we get to what and who Prathna is and what she does I want to know what was little Prarthana like to the Prarthana that the world knows you today as. Oh my God, childhood. <laughs> I have had a lot of lovely memories. Uh, I have two siblings, one brother, one sister, and uh, both are elders. So being the youngest one, I'm sure you would agree, I was pampered a lot by everyone. And at the same time, I was supported in everything. Uh, I was not someone who was like the topper in the class. But yeah, I had my share of 
you know, all good times, whether it was studies or uh, extracurricular. So I used to sing, dance, sports, uh, not much of sports, but yeah, it was like a mix. Thanks to our parents who have been supportive uh, at each step, uh, whether it was like, you know, encouraging all three of us to be part of everything, experience everything, see what you like, do what you like. And probably that has helped us at each step. So my uh, dad is a Vedic maths lecturer uh, and a musician. He's a born musician. He has his some instincts, like a lot of them in my sister. So both of them are good singers. Uh, and uh, my brother is good with maths. My mom is spirit in, in, into spirituality. So probably all those mixtures have come in all of us. And somewhere probably that has helped us take many decisions. Uh, whether they were hard or whether they were good all led to good things so yeah <laughs> yeah so I had a very nice uh, wonderful childhood and I'm born and brought up in Dandeli lovely uh, place in North Karnataka and uh, till college I was there and then moved to uh, Bangalore and uh, I, I enrolled in a chartered accountancy course because most of my friends ended up saying oh you're good with accounts why don't you do that and I was like, yeah, is it? So all those decisions, I don't know, were like, you know, coming from like, you know, all the directions. So it was uh, somewhere probably in those days, there was no one to guide you in terms of like, you know, what is the career path? So it is like either science, commerce or arts. And I'm the only person in my family who changed that route. Everyone is science student. And I was like, I want to do commerce. <laughs> so ended up doing that. Uh, failed three times in uh, chartered accountancy internship uh, examination completed my internship articleship uh, got to learn a lot of things and then I decided uh, I want to do MBA so did MBA correspondence while doing that I joined IBM and during that phase started volunteering during weekends uh, probably during childhood college days uh, it was volunteering, but I did not know the term that, oh, this is called as volunteering, uh, you know, as such formally. But yeah, like, uh, you know, reading books for uh, someone who is from, uh, say, Hindi medium or Kannada medium. Uh, and that's how probably I passed my examinations. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's me uh, uh, with uh, wonderful family, friends around. Uh, and Tachut till date have all good friends and family members. <laughs> oh yes, you know, like your typical of uh, the karma theory. What goes round comes round. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you were this happy-go-lucky child, average above average in studies, good, moved into <laughs> commerce, went into the articleship, cleared it, but then decided to do an MBA. And in the process of this MBA, you joined IBM. Then what did life tell you? Uh, Post-MBA, did things change? When did you shift into a career which was completely non-IT? So um, I remember during weekends, we used to volunteer a lot. So it was mm -hmm. for children. Uh, so it was from, uh, for you know some activities with slum children or reading books for visually impaired. Uh, and while I was doing those, I was spending around two to three hours every weekend. And one day I just came to my parents and I said, looks like two, three hours are not enough. You know, sometimes you feel you want to do a lot. And my parents being my parents, they said, do what you like. And I just go to my manager and I say, I want to put my papers. <laughs> and usually it is like, you know, someone putting papers because they have got a job in 
a competitor firm right. and this is like you know i want i uh, the reason i gave was because i want to shift from corporate world to social sector and uh, i still remember not even my managers of uh, being like you know like you said happy go lucky so it was like you know had lot of friends uh, connects so uh, one of the manager called me and he said uh, i still remember that discussion in the room where we said you have i heard you have decided to move to social sector uh, but remember it's not easy over there life is not easy there is lot of politics and uh, uh, at any point if you feel you want to come back uh, you're just you know you can reach out to any of us and join the corporate world again uh, and today it has been more than 16 years not even one day that i regretted of taking this decision uh, almost every other day i see a impact being created um, through me or through uh, you know lot of volunteers through passionate team that we have uh, and that keeps us going uh, you see impact you feel like there's lot more to do uh, sometimes that helplessness that hey you know we need good resources and we need to reach out to more uh, but probably that changed uh, mainly because one of the reason was the support that we had uh, otherwise it's very difficult so uh, i think and and then there was no looking back uh, worked with almost 25000 plus volunteers uh, got a chance to work with hundreds of ngos working on different issues so i moved from uh, ibm to i volunteer uh, an organization that connects volunteers to different ngos uh, and that helped me reach out uh, to different ngos work on different issues and at one point uh, i realized how disability as a cause comes to bottom of pyramid uh, i still remember uh, 14 years back i learned sign language i used to be very happy and i used to like you know go meet a deaf and say hey hi my name is p r a r t h a n a prarthana the immediate response used to be like are you deaf and i was like no is someone in your family deaf and i was like no why because you are signing so for them it was like there has to be a reason why i am learning sign language and we wanted to change that perception uh, and somewhere i saw that change happening we decided every week we will do awareness so we started going to malls parks spreading awareness and i remember one day uh, one volunteer posted on her social media saying you know morning i attended this session afternoon i go to mg road metro in uh, bangalore i see a pottery artist teaching nice sports taking his son's help and um, then i realized he's deaf and i had heard about him so she goes there and she says hi my name is alekya and the response that she got was are you volunteer giftable and a change that has started happening because each one of volunteer has taken that step not because someone in the family is deaf but because i want to do something for inclusion in true sense many a times we use this word like you know diversity inclusion uh, but when you witness this uh, at first go you see like oh wow things are changing right so yeah oh my god so you were volunteering in all these places you joined i volunteer when did gift able get conceived in your head and when was it born a couple of small small incidences that sure. led to uh, giftable so my best half so i met my best half uh, during the journey in social sector so he was one of our volunteer and uh, 
he also wanted to do lot of good and we were discussing what would be the cause that requires lot of our support where are things lacking and uh, somewhere uh, we were like you know uh, thinking about that there needs a lot of uh, support that is needed in the health sector secondly a uh, few incidences one was the death one like you know where people started thinking there has to be a reason uh, secondly i remember uh, there was a event in pratik's office and uh, he said hey you know what i have one uh, event with uh, all children who are low vision or visually impaired uh, and i am leading it so what gift do you suggest and if i have to ask you rashmi what do you think a person who is visually impaired or blind what gift can we give them i would give some uh, a music cassette or an audio book or something like that exactly and this was my answer too and i said perfect let's give them musical instrument they will love it and i still remember we both stopped and we said not necessary if a person is blind he or she has to love music the only difference between that person and me is he or she can not see i can see maybe i don't like music or maybe i love music but one assumption that went in our head was hey maybe because that person can't see the person would love music right and then we said leave aside the job the education part of it the basic awareness is missing how do we start spreading awareness about small little things how can we start making games that are inclusive uh, this this rubik cube is always there on my you know uh, i carry it wherever i go uh, although i don't know how to solve it but uh, what are the colors that you are seeing i can see a red green yellow blue orange white right yeah. close your eyes what are the colors nothing right so if i give this rubik cube to someone who is blind and say hey you know uh, our friend rajdeep i'll give him and i'll say rajdeep play first thing rajdeep will say is like prathana looks like i have won the game i saw the puzzle <laughs> right having known rajdeep he would do that but yeah i'm not at all surprised you really know him <laughs> and then we started thinking how can rajdeep or someone else play this yeah. and that's when we made it tactile so now if a person who is visually impaired gets this they would be like oh i have to get this heart at one side plane at other side this circle at other side right and start playing yeah. and uh, uh, started thinking about inclusive games and the best part about this is i remember one day one of the corporate said hey we have event with 100 people with and without disability and i was like oh wow nice with and without disability now what next we want to give everyone gift so what do you suggest uh, some game so we said give them rubik cube and tic tac toe we will make it tactile so they said okay uh, so we got a order which we had to deliver in 10 days um, and i still remember we taught special educators who in turn taught youth with intellectual disability and 100 rubik cubes were ready in one week's time five were not of good quality we sent them back they got it back so there was no sympathy angle there was empathy there was uh, a inclusive game that got ready there was awareness there was ripple effect and so much of inclusion right yeah. uh, that's what it is at each step you start thinking what could be better how we could do it <laughs> wow wow but what gave you the idea prarthana to make it tactile uh, was it just because the question came that they said uh, people with and without disabilities now disabilities are of many kinds right, right. 
what did tactile bring in there into the picture for you to immediately think of this so uh, probably when we started interacting with children and all we realized like you know a there is brain mm. but somewhere we realized how could a person relate to story so now i am seeing all the beautiful pictures behind you and i am like oh wow that picture this picture i am seeing and i am learning similarly if i read a book and there are pictures i'll feel like oh wow this picture is there so i will relate easily but for someone who is visually impaired it's like just reading braille and you know keeping in their head so we decided can we make some books so i remember one of the book like you know amma made dosa now can i make a tawa with some hard material some dosa so that the kid can feel oh this is tawa this is how dosa is uh and that creates an interest in them and uh, that's how the tactile stuff came into picture again working with a lot of partner organizations uh, we realized this is quite necessary so we build around 10 to 15 tactile libraries across india now uh, not more but then feels good like you know uh, people are trying to uh, work on different things <laughs> okay you put in a lot of who you are in that 5 minutes that you described your journey but when you say sign language okay and you bring it in and you're like so fluent what got you to get an interest in sign language what intrigued you that you should learn it because definitely it's an effort to do it and you obviously you're teaching so much now that it is so much wired into who you are that it just came so easily oh, that's true i i remember uh, so during the initial journey phase i was volunteering for different issues whether it is it was children education human rights elderly welfare civic issues uh, and disability as well so while working on disability issue i remember one day i was walking and i saw a bunch of children laughing smiling and just a day before one of the volunteer had called and she was like can we all like you know some 10 volunteers get together and learn sign language so i was like uh, let me check if someone does and i remember i was walking the kids were smiling and i was like is everything okay why are they laughing and then i realized that sign language and they are laughing not on me but they are having fun in their own world so i go to that organization and i'm like can you teach us that language and they were like why do you want to learn because usually it's like you know uh, people learn only if they have a reason so i said i work with thousands of volunteers and it will be nice uh maybe tomorrow i can teach accounts because i'm good at accounts someone else is good at something else they can teach that so they said okay let's do that and i still remember first class they taught us alphabets back then they used to teach american sign language in bangalore many people followed one hand asl slowly we realized today there are like lot of people who follow indian sign language which uses both hand so i feel good that you know i have learned asl i have learned indian sign language and i also see like you know people doing lip movement so for me it is communication is more important whether you do asl isl or communicate and any deaf who comes to me and i am able to do that basic communication i feel awesome about it last month i was in hyderabad in lamentry hotel and i remember uh, i saw suddenly i saw uh, two deaf waiters over there and as soon as i started communicating with them the whole expression changed like you know they were like oh my god you know sign language and then the conversation started what do you do and i was like oh i run this organization giftable the person actually went in our website and he said i know giftable you do lot of sign language workshops and all so slowly also during pandemic what happened was 
uh, I saw there were people doing reels, which is like a 30 second video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, uh, and people are like, like doing dance songs. And I was like, I'm like, can I do song in sign language? Just to spread awareness, not to teach people, but to spread awareness that this is a beautiful language. And I remember there were almost like thousands of people who came ahead saying, can I learn sign language? A change that had started happening. So I would just do a song saying, oh, you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you will join us and the world will live as one. And then people would be like, oh, this language is so easy. I want to learn. Right. And there were hundreds of people who did that, who learned at least basic. So today, if any volunteer goes and says, my name is so and so, the response is not, are you dead? The response is, are you volunteer? Uh, can you do this volunteering? And that's the change that I've seen over last 14 years. From the time I learned sign language to till I, I till today, I learn a lot of it. So it's ongoing journey. Yeah, and this is so magical, Pratna. <laughs> so here you are, sign language and then uh, gifts, which are so thought about and thought into right. such that they make so much of a difference to the one who's receiving it. I like the way you said best half and not better half. <laughs> now, how did that best half come into your life after you were met at volunteering? All right. A lot of thoughts went together. All right. But when did you decide that you're going to be partners and did your business start first and then the life partnership? Yeah, life partnership. So we have been on each other for almost 15 years now. Okay. And 13 years back, we became life partners. And uh, uh, he was still with the corporate world. And we were deciding what do we do. Uh, and small, small incidences like the uh, gift one or the sign language one, uh, or slowly seeing during our volunteering journey, seeing some things that made us feel lots is to be done. As a cause, disability comes to bottom of pyramid. Uh, what can we do about it? Uh, and probably uh, eight years, so we started Giftable nine years back uh, and around seven years back, Pratik completely moved to social sector as well and we've been running the show. Uh, we started with uh, one or two people who joined us and uh, today we are almost like 40, 50 people running the show across the country. Uh, feels good because thankfully we've received all the like you know we have support system where every person who's joined our organization uh, I would say not just passionate but compassionate somewhere everyone wants to bring in that change whether it is uh, for health whether it is for education whether it is for livelihood of people with disability and at times team keeps telling us like you know ma'am you are like the missionary or like you know passionary and sir is like the visionary because he looks it from the uh, wider angle and uh, right now he's in up uh, working on projects so somewhere we felt like you know a lot of things have to be done in low-income states uh, especially the aspirational districts and uh, what best than we going there and understanding the challenges so Pratik is there for past couple of weeks we have a team over there working with uh, people with disability on different aspects so I think the journey that started just with awareness today we know that we are one of those uh, organizations where we can proudly say anything to related to disability end to end we are here whether it is health whether it is education whether it is livelihood uh, I remember meeting a deaf woman and I was like 
looking very weak what happened and she was like ma'am i was carrying ninth month uh, water burst i had to rush to hospital but i was not aware about the pregnancy process because nobody had interpreted and i was like why uh, because for lacks together of deaf there are hundreds of interpreters where all they will go whether they will go to interpret in interviews or for trainings or to hospital at least in um, uh, you know uh, countries like us uh, it's compulsory that doctor arranges an interpreter but here to get a interpreter it's not easy right and she was like i bore the pain next day i go to hospital the baby born is dead baby now these are the cases that happen every other day uh there was another girl on wheelchair and i was like very bubbly very enthu uh, i would say like you know uh, uh, some 10 times energy level than what i am so i was like she she was like ma'am you know what uh, i was a bharatnatyam dancer and i was like yeah from your face i can make that out and she was like ma'am one day i was just drying clothes and i slipped and fell down i had spinal cord injury since then i am on wheelchair and my dad carries me everywhere and uh, i was like why why don't you uh, and these were like almost uh, five ten years back so i was like why don't you go to a rehabilitation center you know get therapies get support right get rehabilitated and her response was like you know ma'am not even one center which is a rehabilitation center residential for women with disability and that made us realize how for children or women with disability health is still way behind right uh, we started early intervention center where we identified children in age group of 0 to 6 uh, see what are the therapies that they require whether it is speech or whether it is occupational therapy whether it is special education or physiotherapy and in a month's time uh, where we have done home visits whether it is up whether it is karnataka telangana maharashtra any place we have gone we have identified 200 300 children who do not have access to therapies they are not aware um, maybe also because for parents it takes time to accept the fact that i have a child with disability right and by the time they accept that age is gone so that's when spreading lot of awareness on health of children with disability livelihood 70% of our population is in rural area how do we work with them and that's when uh, we have supplier diversity where there are products made by people with disability and um, uh, so there is always this painting or this thing on my thing so this carving is done by uh, someone who is physically challenged polishing is done by someone who is blind now if i'm buying this and i'm supporting livelihood of two people and we were like why not have a bigger version and today there are a lot of artisans that get supported uh, this painting is always there on my desktop and i remember akilesh mom always used to say uh, what would happen to akilesh after p we are gone and that is the fear of most of the parents what after we are not there who will take care of them what about their livelihood Uh, and i remember our partner sisko uh, once said hey you know what we need a desktop painting with the uh, theme as dia because it was diwali uh, akhilesh painting got selected and his mother sends us an sms that says akhilesh is breadwinner in the family and it did not stop there and next year we got similar order with a nice hamper where there were chocolates this and a kitchen that was carved by physically challenged and i remember akhilesh brother works there so she sends an sms saying you know akhilesh brother has gone on whole floor 
saying about like you know this is by my brother and he comes home he says look mom this is by akhilesh these are the chocolates made by his friends and they call akhilesh they show him he looks at the painting says akhilesh akhilesh and walks off without even realizing impact he has created on family many a times pratik we we all keep discussing uh, and i remember pratik telling us once uh, you know what is disability uh, it's just two things a closed mindset second inaccessible environment yes. if we work on these two tomorrow disability will not even remain a clause if i open up my mindset by being more aware or spreading more awareness if i make my environment you know as much accessible as possible uh, tomorrow why even i need to think that disability is a cause given right accommodation uh, probably they would perform at par with all of us yeah and that is what is required <laughs> that that's so true you know pratna like you said you your volunteer saw those girls talking i have seen children in the bus yeah they they speak in sign language but they're so fluent and happy they yeah, yeah, <laughs> so at that time i realized how disabled i felt because i could not be part of that conversation but they were in a world that so beautifully they had created for themselves and like you said open mindset that is open so mindset. and slowly uh, the conversation between a person with disability and us becomes so informal otherwise it is like you know oh my god he is disabled yeah. how yeah. do i talk krishna um, yeah. uh, who works with us has cerebral palsy and he leads lot of programs in the organization so today uh, just yesterday we were uh, in a session and post session so we were fighting so krishna uh, had this seat in the front next to driver and three friends we were sitting behind uh, from the team and he was saying i want window seat and this was going and then uh, uh, i was like krishna you have taken the seat and i am not able to keep my leg so you are not including us you are excluding us uh, and now i feel like you know it's becoming like you know we saying you are excluding us this is like you know uh, you are treating people without disability uh, as you know you are excluding this is not happening and today we have that sort of discussions that like you know we feel like you know there's nothing called as like you know oh he is a person with disability or she is a person with disability how do i talk uh, yeah we have like open discussions wherever we go <laughs> yeah that's true and i feel kids in this generation are yeah. far more inclusive than exactly. we were or the generation prior to us exactly uh, today i was outside with my nephew and uh, niece and they are my youngest volunteers and i still remember uh, we went to a sports shop or somewhere and uh, then while we were coming we saw some temples and all and uh, i felt good when my nephew said pata looks looks like this ramp is not accessible right it is at this angle and i was like oh <laughs> yeah so you feel so good when it's not just like you know you spreading awareness but then people being more and more inclusive in their talks as well <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, see prarthana over these last at least the decade uh, a lot of awareness has come in right uh, there are festivals in summits like india inclusion which bring in a yeah. lot of awareness with people who matter talking about it and all of this has happened but have you still because you are somebody easily who's working with passion and compassion in the right blend to do what you're doing but have you met people who still surprise you uh, 
with the closed mindset and not willing to open it? Have you met people like that even we today? Keep, we keep meeting. Um, uh, as in, uh, there are a lot of restaurants where uh, the first thing that we check when we are going to restaurants are, do you have a wheelchair? Yeah. Um, probably we would have gone there three, four times uh, uh, thinking like, you know, at least now that step would be taken. Now they would be more inclusive. So at one end we have found this uh, where they, they are not ready to uh, bring in that inclusion. But at other end where we have seen there was uh, someone who was running her own restaurant uh, in Kormangla and uh, immediately she said, I didn't realize we didn't, don't have a ramp. Uh, next time we go, there's a wheelchair, there is a ramp. Uh, I get a call saying, hey, you know what? Just after you left, uh, next day, there were two visually impaired who came. So can you make our menu card in Braille? Uh, right? And she had a menu card in Braille. So people, uh, they're both. It's a mix. So I would say, although we meet uh, someone who is not sensitized or sensitive enough, uh, at the other end, people go out of way, their way to... Uh, make that difference so that would always be there uh, but somewhere we will not stop bringing in that awareness <laughs> so in the array of services that giftable gives what what did you start with and how did slowly because very organically things have fallen in place right. as far as right. your services are concerned yeah. so how, how did you start and how did the journey progress to what all you're doing so probably I would say, yeah, like I said, things just kept on falling in place. So like we started with just doing awareness, started doing a lot of volunteering activities. We started Deaf Club, Vision Club, uh, where all the deaf started joining, visually impaired jo started joining. We used to meet every month, understand challenges. Uh, and slowly that uh, helped us understand the challenges. Uh, I remember going to a rural area. In our house, there were three deafblind sisters. Now, deafblind, I can't hear, I can't see, so I can't speak. 20 years, 22 years, 25 years. The only communication they have had for 20 years of life is this. So if I feel hungry, I would just do this. Now, imagine if you ask me to be in this room, pitch dark, and nobody to communicate, maybe an hour, maybe two hours. After a few hours, I would be like, I want to talk to someone. I want to see faces. I want to meet people. But 20 years of life, nobody to communicate. It's not easy. Probably then they, you would say, oh, they are also, you know, intellectually disabled. Why they are intellectually disabled? Nobody has spoken to them. Can we start reaching out to places like those? Can we start reaching out to places like Balrampur, <laughs> right? In UP, uh, when Leva said people without disability, uh, with disability, people without disability also face a lot of challenges. How can we start bringing it? And I think slowly that way, uh, when we started, we started with awareness. Uh, after awareness, we realized these are the areas that were lacking. And that's when the early intervention came into picture. Health of people with disability, uh, livelihood of people with disability. So that's when we started the e-commerce store where there are products made by people with disability. So today, if there are corporates, uh, and during pandemic, there were a few corporates who said, we want to hand deliver uh, products to thousands of families working with us and we were like we are ready our team was ready our team was working 24 7 uh, during pandemic i saw like probably uh, although a lot of us suffered but somewhere we were one of those very few who came out became virtual 
instantly. We did a lot of awareness workshops. Uh, there were thousands of volunteers who signed up saying, hey, you know what, I want to do something good. And today we have a digital library which has thousands of stories accessed by visually impaired across the globe. Uh, and not just that, but also by children who do not have access to bedtime stories. Right? There were a lot of people who came out saying, I want to, you know, uh, support acid attack victims. There were a lot of trainings, bakery courses, there were uh, mentoring courses that were done for acid attack victims or the youth with disabilities. Parallelly, we had almost 13 courses, uh, tech courses that were running because many a times we feel if it is a person with disability, they may not get uh, because of inaccessible environment, again, not many people are postgraduates or you, although I want to study, but I can't because the environment is not accessible. So we started a lot of tech courses. We said we will focus on not blue collar, but white collar jobs. Can we do that? And today there are like almost hundreds of people who have passed out of these courses and are applying for all the good jobs, right? So things started falling in place, you know, health, education, livelihood. Uh, although education we are still uh, not there, uh, but trying to, if a child cannot reach to school, can the school reach to child, right? Uh, our team did a lot of uh, universities audit uh, and uh, their website audit just to make them uh, also know that if you are having a student with disability, your website needs to be accessible, your place needs to be accessible. So somewhere, yeah, uh, I would say, slowly touching on all the points. While all of this is happening at one end, we would also sensitize, say, hospitals, corporates. Uh, and then a lot of corporates who have shown interest saying, hey, can I, you know, be disability confident leader? And uh, so we do a lot of sensitization workshops, a lot of sign language workshops, different, different workshops. So that, uh, and not just workshops, but a lot of volunteering as well. Uh, so that tomorrow they feel connected to the cause and it is not out of compulsion. And we've seen that impact happening around people coming ahead, wanting to learn sign language, wanting to be more inclusive, wanting to mentor a lot of people with disabilities. And also corporates have started coming out saying, uh, previously it used to be like, you know, if I am in Bangalore, I want the projects happening in Bangalore. Uh, today corporates are going out of their way and saying, do wherever you want. You want to go and do it in Solapur, do it in Solapur. Balrampur, do it in Balrampur. And that is what probably is needed. Uh, so, yeah, that journey has been like, you know, and all of this has been possible because of probably a support of families of every person working in our organization. Yeah. Not just our family members, but every person working uh, at times they would just, uh, you know, uh, since we are flexible, uh, at times people would work for three, four hours or at times people would say I'm working 24-7. So, like now Diwali season is happening. So, one team is working almost 24-7 doing packaging, uh, products, all of those. Right. So, yeah, uh, somewhere we feel like, you know, this is not that nine to six kind of job. This is job where, you know, in, when you're sleeping also, you would be dreaming about like, you know, what next, where next? <laughs> <laughs> Without my asking, you have said so many stories and your journey was so beautifully encapsulated by you. So still looking back, Pratna, in this journey of more than almost two decades now, uh, what is it, any particular instance where it still remains one of that favorite moment where you realized you're on the right path? And even today, when there are moments when you're wondering, 
this instance just comes up and says that Prathana, this is what you were set out to do and great you're doing it. Anything like that? Ah, a lot of them. Uh, and so probably I'll share one which is not disability related and one which is disability related. So uh, when I'm with children or uh, at any organization, I do a lot of activities. I'll be like shake your right hand, left hand, twist, do this, do that. And I remember a couple of years back, almost decade and a half back, we decided uh, every Diwali, we will spend time at Karuna Shriya, which is a cancer hospice home. Uh, so there are patients in their final stage. And uh, I still remember uh, the decision was not because we wanted to just sympathize with the pa patients, but we realized there are many caretakers who see at least two, three deaths every day. Uh, and I still remember one of the uh, Diwalis, which is decade, more than a decade back, uh, where I was doing this activity, like, you know, shake your right hand, left hand. There were a lot of deaf volunteers also who came. And uh, they were like, oh, we can't scream. So I said, shake this. And uh, some people were on wheelchairs, so they said, we'll scream. Some people came on stretchers. Nurses and all were very involved in doing all of this. I saw one person on stretcher, uh, some 23-year young boy, and uh, he was doing whatever possible. And then he raised his hand and said, uh, can I sing a song uh, in Kannada? So I said, yeah, most of us don't know sign language. Most of us don't know Kannada. So it's okay. Everyone will enjoy you sing. And while he started singing, after two, three lines, we realized he had throat cancer. Uh, he completed the whole song and... Uh, uh, all of us, we were some hundred volunteers. So the uh, Diwali that started with 13 volunteers 13 years back, today we have 100, 200 volunteers every Diwali. And that Diwali, we had almost 100 volunteers. So everyone clapping. And uh, there was a smile saying like, you know, I got a chance to hold the mic, sing the song. A week later, I go to Karuna Shreya and I was like, hey, that boy who sang song, can I go and meet him? And they said, uh, looks like today might be his last day. So I said, can I just go and meet him? So I go towards his ward. In my head, I'm still thinking, what do I say? Should I say hi, hello? And I have reached his ward. His hand size was half of my hand size. And even before I could raise hand and say hi, there came a reaction from his side with a smile on his face, which was this. A one minute activity that I had done. They say you cannot add days to their life but you can always add life to their day and this has remained in my head for almost decade and half so each time i feel can we do this should we do this uh, i just remind of this thing saying like you know whatever it is how much ever time there have been thousands of volunteers i have worked with and every time i have been asked this question can i make a difference in an hour and I talk about this and say, if one minute can make so much difference, one hour can make a lot of difference, right? Uh, one is that, and recently I was in Solapur with our team, uh, where we were distributing uh, assistive aids and all. So with team, I had done a couple of home visits. Uh, and I met little Shreya, four-year-old Shreya, lying on the uh, ground. Uh, I think her house was just one room uh, with one sister, parents. Uh, she was not able to talk. She was lying on the ground. She was malnourished. She had spinal cord issue. Uh, her mother was quite bubbly. Uh, she just had the, uh, you know, uh, palate and cleft surgery. And uh, the smile she had on her face, 
saying, you know, and the way she held my hand, I had put that reel on social media as well. The way she held my hand that I was like, sometimes you feel like, you know, as soon as you see a kid, like, you know, I want to support. How do I support? What do I do? And I said, I'm going to support her. I don't know how. And her mom said, I want to see her sitting. And so I told my team, like, you know, so we were also distributing this sitting and standing frames and all which are customized as per them. And just last week was her birthday and team sent me the photo saying, ma'am, you raised funds for her. And this is the uh, way she's sitting with a nice soft toy with a smile on her face and nutrition powder being supported for almost a year. And another boy, same day, eight year old, sitting on the wheelchair for the first time so I could see him going around like you know I have got freedom I just have got wings I want to go everywhere uh, and when you see that uh, you feel like you know a there is a lot more to do and at the same time you start feeling this is it this is what we are here for right uh, and as much as you do it it's less so at times uh, I keep saying I feel helpless because these are few kids we have reached to because of the team that is going doing work on ground going into rural areas but there are a lot of more rural areas that needs to be covered uh, people want to do good people want to join the sector but how many of us actually want to go to the remotest area and do that work i'm waiting for a day where we'll have a lot of youngsters come and say i want to go to those remote areas and do something uh, so probably that is the only challenge I see. Uh, many a times I've been asked, like, you know, what are the challenges? Uh, at one end, the best part is the team that we have. But at the other end, we still need those right resources who want to go and do something. Uh, otherwise, yes, uh, we all have support of our family and friends. So feels good. Uh, the journey so far has been wonderful. Uh, but still we feel we have not even scratched the surface. Still we have a lot more to do. Each time you see an impact story, you feel, oh, still a lot more to do. <laughs> yeah, that so, is yeah, good. <laughs> and in this journey that you have been on, Prathna, uh, you are joyful, you're bubbly, you're positive, you're so full of life. But I'm sure there are moments when Prathna just sits and wonders. <laughs> How do you... In those moments, what do you tell Prarthana? Nothing. I just, at times, when you, when I feel uh, low or something, I just write a love letter to myself. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> I tell everyone, like, you know, if anyone says, give me advice, what do I do? I say, write love letter to yourself. You will, you will just love it. And there have been times when I've written love letter and each time the letter changes. So each time I fall in love with myself. <laughs> and then feel good about this. Yeah, I'm on the right track and I have all uh, right people, uh, you know, uh, backing up. There's yeah. my uh, in-law's family, there's my fa family, my mother's family, and everyone is there. They're yeah. just there saying like, you know, do what you want to do. Do what you like. And probably that has helped Pratik and me uh, reach to wherever we are uh, with support of our family, team, and all those super partners that we have, whether it is corporates, NGOs, or wonderful volunteers that are around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and a lot of supporters. I have seen supporters whom I don't even know and who have come ahead and said, I want to support the cause. And 
it has happened so things fall in place <laughs> oh yes they do i think it's all about the purity of intent yeah. and when the intent is right and you take that first step i think the rest just happens exactly, exactly. magically <laughs> it yeah, just happens, happens. <laughs> yeah yeah but in the midst of all this magic uh two and a half years ago the world was pushed to a corner where we were told very clearly by mother nature who's the boss and uh, the pandemic shut us all in everyone went into a reflective space uh, you were doing such meaningful work how did the pandemic change you did it alter anything at all and what reflections are yours from the pandemic uh i remember initial days uh, when it hit uh, it was not easy uh, we were doing lot of trainings uh, and suddenly everything stopped yeah. so, uh, and you know uh, what next how do we do uh, although uh, our team started working uh, within 3 4 months uh, but i still remember uh, we were getting calls on not just like you know uh, other things like job and all it was like madam khana can someone just give us food uh, we have lost our jobs right two people saying i want to do something good i'm just uh, not able to stay at home for long um, there were a lot of mixed feelings a i was part of couple of groups where we were supporting people who needed help with oxygen cylinder ambulance and i was seeing like you know we were all awake till night 3 o'clock uh, trying to help people Uh, so there was like you know requirement request that was there at one fifty and two o'clock the next message come it's okay like you know the person is no more and that drained us a lot in terms of emotionally we were feeling like you know why am I not able to help uh, but yeah uh, those were the negative sides the positive sides was we were able to reach out to people in rural areas who otherwise we wouldn't have reached uh, through online courses and there were. almost thousand of people who have come ahead enrolled for courses started doing learning different things uh, there were a lot of volunteers who came ahead wanted to help uh, they have done their bit lot of donors who came ahead saying i want to do my bit uh, so awareness wise and all it was awesome uh, although uh, it it did uh, make everyone's life difficult in some way uh, but somewhere probably we also started coming up with opportunities because of this Uh, so they say every problem has a solution probably in this case uh, this problem had lot of opportunities for most of us uh, otherwise we would have never thought about work from home that could happen today yeah. most of us are working and working efficiently right so yeah things have changed things have changed and i would say it would be a mixed feeling for me uh, as such because lot of stuffs like deaths and all we've seen in different families but at the same time people have now come out of it started doing uh, different things uh, started earning their livelihood again so True. that has been a good thing correct because uh, this podcast too was born in the pandemic and oh, wow. uh, <laughs> one uh, thing that i understood about the human being was the power of resilience right. the ability to just face it and see right. how how best he can or she can bring out from within not even looking outside right. it's all about who they can be and you have been such a fantastic role model so 
we're moving to that part, Prathna, where uh, you can tell us about unforgettable moments of recognition that you got, which also are special for you. Because yes, when you set out on this journey, I'm sure you didn't think of, okay, what am I going to get in return? It was all about giving. But I'm sure in the giving, there were many who were touched and you must have had those special moments. Any of those special moments you want to share with us? Ah, uh, yeah, some of the recognitions did happen. Uh, and probably uh, uh, these recognitions also make us uh, even more responsible, saying like, yeah. hey, you have got recognized, now you better do more work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the first one I remember was uh, uh, I won the award Best Social Entrepreneur Award uh, by Nama Bengaluru Foundation. Okay. Uh, and uh, that helped me a lot in terms of uh, realizing how many people around are doing awesome work uh, and feeling good that among them you have got recognized as the best one and uh, uh, everyone was doing, has been doing amazing work and you get to meet so many good people. Uh, post that there have been many other recognitions like uh, we have been on top three at Tata Social Enterprise Awards uh, across the nation and we are one of uh, I am Calcutta uh, incubation incubators so I am CIP incubators so yeah uh, these are different things and uh, they have helped us a lot so feels good about it <laughs> <laughs> definitely definitely because i feel those are the moments when you can just sit for a while and start reflecting to see how best to now take the trampoline exactly and, and, and you feel good because it is not yeah. just your alone effort it's not my effort there have been yeah. like you know lot of team members their families here there are a lot of volunteers there are a lot of corporates there are a lot of ngos who have been doing amazing work. So probably somewhere I feel like, you know, those recognitions have been just uh, for those collective uh, efforts that each one of us have put in. So, yeah. <laughs> very, very true. And uh, as we reach the fag end of this conversation, three life lessons, Prathna, that you'd like to leave us with. Three life lessons. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, never thought about uh, it but then somewhere the incident that I shared about the uh, cancer hmm. patient I think I would just uh, have this one life lesson like, you know you cannot add days to their life but you can always uh, add life to the day secondly I have seen that there is a huge impact of volunteering uh, and we surely need a lot of volunteers who can change the fortune of our country. Uh, and probably the third lesson is uh, somewhere just be grounded. Uh, um, uh, like you said, resilience. Uh, be grounded, resilient, kind. Uh, because you never know what the other person is going through. Uh, so one of the best lessons I feel is uh, we would not know what anyone is going through. So be as much kind as you can to every person you come across. Uh, I know we, we get angry at times, or uh, but then somewhere uh, we also need to acknowledge the fact that everyone around us is going through tough times in some way or the other. So just be kind to everyone you meet. <laughs> yeah, you never know who needs that at that moment. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. Oh my God, Prathna, I'm so humbled, honored to have you on You and I with Rashmi Shetty. 
really such a beautiful conversation. All I can wish for you is may you find that wings to spread farther and farther and bring this amazing work that you're meant to do and take it as far as possible. And if there's any way I can help, I'd be very happy to volunteer as well. So, thank you. This is thank you in sign language. So thank you so much. <laughs>